0: Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Their downfall happened in front of neighboring nations. Could you imagine your country being an embarrassment to the rest of the world and all the countries getting around there to see this embarrassment happening to your country? to the word. Uh, Today's message is going to be coming from Psalm 126, uh, the entire Psalm, which is only six verses. Uh, So I'll be reading from the New International Version. Uh, That is Psalm 126, verses one through six. I remember learning my books of the Bible when I was younger and learning that you could pretty much turn to the middle and get uh, to the Psalms. If you just opened it up in the middle, you usually land on a psalm, uh, but I landed on Psalm 96 instead of 126. Uh, psalm 126, verses 1 through 6. New international version. Let's hear what the Word of God has to say to us today. Amen. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, We were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. God's word for God's people and God's people said, Amen. Uh, For the time that is ours, that we get to share together, the time we get to spend together with one another in the word, I would like to talk about a joy for all to see. A joy for all to see. There was a survey done with uh, over 700 subjects uh, by Kathy Caprino, a senior contributor to Forbes. She's a marriage and family therapist, uh, and a career coach. And in this survey, she asked the people to identify what they most desperately wanted in life. Uh, the way the question was formed was, if you could say in one word what you want more of in life, what would that be? If you could say in one word what you want more in life, what would that be? I wonder, church family, how would you respond? In the survey, the number one response was happiness. Joy actually came in number five. Uh, money which I would think you could use to get you number one or number five, came in number two. And some of the other answers that were given were freedom, peace, balance, fulfillment, and confidence. Now the participants in the survey understood and identified a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is something that is temporary based on outside factors. Joy is something that's more permanent, long-lasting, and a constant stream based on an internal state of being that's not affected by turbulence or troublesome times. Happiness, while enjoyable, is fleeting. We all get excited and, and happy when something surprisingly positive happens to us, we we tap out text messages that have emojis in them or gifs, those small moving pictures of of somebody smiling or a celebrity fist pumping. It it doesn't take much for us to get happy. Uh We can win five dollars on a scratch off lottery ticket and and be happy. We could be in the mall or in in uh the store in a parking lot a parking spot rather opens up just a little bit closer to the building and we are happy uh caprino's audience would rather have happiness than joy they'd rather have freedom than joy they'd rather have peace than joy we'd rather experience the short regular bursts of giddiness than anything else. People don't seem to want any kind of long-term, sustainable internal joy. We want the short-term good feelings over and over again. Relationships end because one partner can't keep the other happy. People leave jobs because the job does not make them happy any more people leave churches because the pastor or the choir or the music minister or the most recent election, whether it be the church officer election or somebody saying something after the national election does not make them happy anymore. I'm not saying it's bad to be happy. It's OK to want to be happy. Only that when we base our happiness on things that are quick to obtain and temporary and affected by things we really can't control, it becomes hard to stay happy when the situation changes. But when you have joy, you are not affected by your location or your situation. The people in Psalm 126 had their situation changed. Psalm 126 is a song of ascent, a song that was made for people traveling up or ascending to Jerusalem. Uh, Psalm 126 is unique because scholars at first could not tell whether or not Psalm 126 was recalling the past or predicting the future. The question was whether this psalm was recalling the past or predicting the future. And the answer to that question, we now know, is the same answer to the question my wife asks when she asks if I want bacon or sausage for breakfast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You see, the language is not either or, but both and. This psalm is a reminder of what God has done and a reason to look forward to what God will do. Psalm 126 is also a post-exilic psalm. The author is referring to the people returning back to Jerusalem, returning back home after being in Babylonian captivity. They're on their way back home or they're about to start their way going back home. And this is the song that they are going to sing during that time because they have been faced with a new reality. Uh, Let the church say reality. Put reality in the comments. The Israel's reality is that they have been humiliated politically and in front of the neighboring countries. They've been captured, and then their captures, their capturers got captured. And, 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 and now the new person has allowed them to go back home, but this went on, not in a vacuum, not by themselves. There were other countries around to watch this happen. And so now they're trying to go back, and they're trying to get things back on track, and, and they're embarrassed. Politically, and they're trying to rebuild from scratch. So the people are crying real tears. They are in a drought, which is bad for a community and a society that was based off of farming. But the Hebrew people are planting seeds in a drought, mentioning a place that is normally dry called Negev. And the only water around for them to water their seeds is their tears. The Israelites were deported. The Israelites were out of their homes, away from those they knew. And something not mentioned before, uh, before the the reading in this text, other times we've talked about Isaiah and other texts where they were uh, exiled, is that this happened for everybody to see. Their downfall happened in front of neighboring nations. Could you imagine your country being an embarrassment to the rest of the world and all the countries getting around there to see this embarrassment happening to your country? The people in the text were crying real tears and the people today are crying real tears tears. Tears that have come from when you are in a place and you don't know what to do. Tears that have come from unruly pressure on your job. Tears that have come from losing your job. Tears that have come from losing a home. Tears that have come from having to be the support for a family because everyone around you is falling apart. I would be willing to bet there are some pillows sitting on some beds at home that have been washed by tears. Tears washed by a prayer that is over and over repeatedly saying, Lord, help me. The people of Israel and the people today have been dealing with a new reality. Ah, But when the times get rough, I've learned we have to be able to respond and not react. We have to be able to respond and not react. React is an emotional thing. Responding is more uh, uh, about action. Uh, So they had this new reality and they responded to the new reality. Let the church say response. Put response in the comments. Uh, While we are in bad times, we can think back to the good times until times get good. But this is not just about thinking positive thoughts. This is also telling us to do something about it. Uh, 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 (laughs) The Israelites were crying, but they were still sowing seeds. The Israelites were crying but they were still doing things to make the situation better. That's why it said in verse five, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Watch the text. Please watch the text. The people are crying but they are still sowing seed. They are emotional about the past, but that is not stopping the people from working and moving forward. You can cry about what you lost, but while you are crying, maybe go get some exercise in. You can cry about what you lost, but while you're crying, maybe go back to school or go and get some certifications while you are crying. You can cry while, you, while, while these things are going on, but while you are crying, look at your finances and try to cut expenses and debt down and maybe save some. You can cry, but while you are crying, take up a personal finance class. You can cry, but while you are crying, learn a new skill. I'm not saying it's bad to cry. I'm not saying don't exercise some self care when you go through a bad situation but I am saying that the people of God were crying but still planting seed in the ground while they are crying you can cry about this but while you are crying do some work to improve the situation cry your tears keep crying crying But plant some seeds while you're crying. You may not see the harvest just yet, but after a little while, you will. I would rather cry and plant some seed while I am crying than just cry and do nothing else. One way will leave you all cried out and empty-handed. The other way will give you some fruit after a while. Look forward to joy while you are in sorrow. Look forward to peace while you are presently in an anxious situation. The text says that while they were still sowing, while it was a drought, they were sowing while they were crying so that they could reap later. Uh, We can get stuck crying about what we lost and never move forward. Remembering what God has done back then is not nostalgia, uh, calling back to the good old days, but it's calling back to our previous training. Thank God for what God has done. Thank God for what God is doing and thank God for what God is going to do. Call on God for his transforming power, but we also need to call on us to be open to the possibility. We don't just want to ask God for something and then sit down. We can have faith and we can act on that faith. We can plant the seed and let God water it. Our faith in action is required all over the Bible anytime I saw a miracle being performed there were some instructions for the people to follow the, the widow was told from the prophet to go back in the room and get as many jars as she possibly could another widow was told to bring some cake when, D, when even when Jesus turned water into wine he told the people to bring him the water jugs when Abraham was getting blessed in the Bible he told him to get out of his country get out of his neighbor's land and that he was out of his father's land rather. And I'm going to make you a great nation. The Bible says faith without works is dead. God is not a vending machine that we just pop our money in and push a couple of buttons and get the blessings coming out. We have to have some skin in the game. We have to be willing to do something about it. And so while the people of God in Psalm 126 had had their lives turned upside down, and yes, they were crying about it, yes, they were emotional about it, but they were still planting seeds. Even Jesus wasn't able to heal people sometimes in the Bible because they lacked faith. It's one thing to talk about what the Lord can do in your life, but a whole different thing to believe it and act on it. We have to figure out how we are going to respond instead of just reacting. And so they had this new reality and they responded to it. And then they made a request, let the church say request, put request in the comments. When the text says to restore the fortunes, it's a call for historical change. The psalmist is speaking of historical change, substantial changes, not just surface level, but long lasting. When the Israelites returned to Jerusalem, things had been changed forevermore the way they worship changed. The way they interacted with the community around them changed. I'm I'm, I'm gonna say that again. When the Israelites returned to Jerusalem after being away for a while, stuck in Babylonian captivity, when they got back, the way they worshiped changed the way they interacted with the community around them changed. They say that the third time is a charm, so I will say it one more time. When the Israelites returned home, returned to Jerusalem after being separated Uh in the wilderness and in Babylonian captivity, when they finally returned back to worship, Everything historically changed, including the way they worshiped and the way they interacted with the community. And so he asked to restore the fortunes because they were going to need to operate in a different environment. This pandemic, whether we want to admit it or not, has changed our lives going forward. Just like 9-11 changed the way we fly on planes, just like the Industrial Revolution changed labor and travel, the return to Jerusalem by the Israelites changed worship. But the text says that God has turned things around before and God will turn things around again. So even the dry places like Negev will have overflowing waters. The tears that were used to water the land and plant the seeds was only a preview. God is going to provide the restoration to the people and the neighboring nations will be able to see what God has done even if they are non-believers. Yeah, that's what the text is talking about in verse 2 when he says uh, that our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. It was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things. For them, Those are the people on the outside who weren't believers getting an opportunity to see what God has done. Even the non-believers will say that the Lord has done great things. Everyone is going to see the work of the Lord and they won't be able to deny it. We can have our joy in bad times because our joy is based on the Lord. It's based on the internal relationship we have and not just our present situation. We can have joy because we know that God is trustworthy. My youngest daughter likes to do something new these days. (sighs) She makes her own toys out of small items in the house. Did I say small items? <clears throat> I meant my small items. Small items like earbuds that I use to listen to podcasts and music and audiobooks while I'm working out and driving around. Small items like My wedding band, I like my earbuds. I really like my wedding band. I was happy when I just recently found my wedding band again. However, just because I lose my wedding band from time to time does not mean that I am not still married. I am still married because the promise that I made is more important and more powerful than the present situation or the item that reminds me of the promise. The covenant that I made is more powerful than the symbol Representing the covenant that I made. The word. That I said. On July 5th. 2009. And my name. On a document. With Latia's name. The promise that was made. Is more important. Than a symbol That. Has a reminder of the promise. God telling you that He will never leave you nor forsake you is more powerful than you feeling alone at any given time. God telling you that you are the head and not the tail that you are above and shall never be beneath is more powerful than those jokers that are around there acting like they ain't got no sense Towards you, God telling you that he is the apple of your eye and that he loved you so much that he sent his son to give himself up for you is more <laughs> important than you feeling or more powerful than you feeling alone. Amen, amen, amen. The people of God may have been in captivity and they may now be on their way back to Jerusalem to rebuild what was lost. But the promise of the Lord is more important and stronger than any temporary item. The promise of God is stronger than your current situation. The promise of God is stronger than your current location. The promise of God is stronger than any outsiders looking at you. Rejoice in the Lord. You went into the place weeping. But you will come out singing songs of joy. Joy after a heavy sorrow that makes it that much better. Joy that'll be able to get you to put one foot in front of the other. Joy that'll be able to get you to rise up when everybody thought they had knocked you down for good. This joy that I have, uh, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Rejoice. Is not only for this situation, it's not only for this location, but it is also how we are supposed to constantly come into the presence of God because He has done great things. He is doing great things. He will continue to do great things. Bless His. Holy name, we have joy not only because of these things, but we have joy because the Lord is coming in this soon coming King. Joy to the world, not just to the church, not just to you and your family, not just to these people out on the outside. Joy to the world, yeah. Jesus is our reality, yeah. Jesus is our response to troublesome situations, and Jesus is the answer to our request and jesus is the real reason for joy in this season in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come Thank thank you so much for watching this video please be sure to like comment subscribe and share don't forget to connect with me on social media pastor johnny simpson jr on facebook at Pastor Jason Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.